This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Quark, episodes two and three. Your mission is to guarantee the signing of the treaty by completing an extended romantic interlude with the ruler of Camomor, Princess Karna. (laughs) I already had an interlude with the Princess Karna. How considerate of Palindrome to reunite you, sir. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. The women of Camomor are known for their passions. Camomorian men never live past 25. Most never survive the honeymoon. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that ages two years for every episode of Quark we watch. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Just feel like getting homesick from my old black hole. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we starting already with this? That was a line. <laughs> it's a good line. That's a yeah. good line. Yeah. Well, uh, today we're joined by get returning guest, Jane. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back for Quark. Um, now, I have a question for you. Yeah. Ever heard about Quark before? Never heard about Quark before. I don't think anyone has. Had you guys heard about Quark? No, but you are a big original Star Trek fan. So I was wondering, since there's a bit of crossover here. Is there a crossover? Uh, Aside from just sound effects? I mean, they're, they're, they're taking... The, I mean, it's almost... It's pretty much a direct parody of, of the original Star Trek. Oh, God. Don't even get me... I, I don't even know where to start with this thing. And I'm sure Luke will tell us where to start with this thing. <laughs> but yeah. I had never heard of it before. Unre- right. Unrelated. I was thinking of something. Doesn't this feel like a show that should have been on in like 67, not 77? It does feel a little bit late. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, everyone's agreed. All right, well, actually, let's talk about this, Jordan. The creative, the creator, a creator of mm-hmm. Quark, mm-hmm. Buck Henry. Yeah, Jordan, this got to be a hero of yours, right? Well, he's not a hero of mine, <laughs> but I was surprised that he was involved because of the quality of this, and then the quality of other things he's done. I what what had he done? I looked him up, and now I've forgotten. He did like something like. Well, really he's, he's had two nominations for Academy Awards. Yeah. One for uh, the screenplay for The Graduate. The Graduate, that's and right. And one as Best Director in Heaven Can Wait. And he also uh, created Get Smart, which has a very similar kind of tone, but that seems to hit the beats and this does not. This this just felt like someone had written the plots on the back of a napkin and been like, let's go with this. Like I felt like I was watching a high school skit. Every episode. Well, Mel Brooks created Get Smart with him, so maybe yeah. it's the lack of Mel it's a Brooks. Bit of, I think maybe a co-creator thing, yeah. p- potentially. But you're right. Like he wrote Graduate. He co-directed the other, th- the uh, Heaven Can Wait. But he also wrote Catch Twenty Two. That's right. Directed by Mike Nichols. Like this guy has a very uh, esteemed resume. You know, I I was thinking about that too because I do remember seeing that he wrote The Graduate, and I was like, maybe he was just absentee. Like sometimes you have producers who are working on a show or they're working on two shows at once or something happens in their lives and they've got their name attached to something but then they don't do enough passes on the scripts and they don't show up in the cutting room and they literally just let the thing I've seen that happen before like they just let the thing flounder because they're busy doing something else and then you end up with these tv shows where you have a really big name on something and you're like how does this even exist it's a good question. Being so horrible. Like, I I just wonder. I'm like, maybe he had a family emergency during the production of I this show. I think there's also, show. there's also might be some casting issues. Now, I just, my feeling is, I think maybe everyone they cast is wrong. 
Not according to Richard Bert, or Richard Benjamin, who plays Quark. Is that right? Uh, what does he say? He uh, he'd worked with uh, Buck Henry before. Oh, really? He was in Catch Twenty Two. Who was he in Catch Twenty Two? He's uh, Major Danby. You know what? I'd have to rewatch. It's been so long since. I've seen and it. they and they did another movie together called First Family that uh, Buck Henry wrote and directed. But he apparently, according to the trivia on IMDb, he saw the announcement for this in Variety while he was at the dentist and called his agent immediately. And was like, I gotta get this part. I love working with Buck Henry. So like he pursued this part right. passionately. Yeah, to his big detriment. It does, doesn't sure. mean he was right for the part though. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Who would have been right he for was, the part? He was well, the most right for his part compared to the other actors in this show. Yeah, but I that's think you're right. really not saying much it's at all. It's just a show with all thankless parts. Yeah, both are true. I actually think he's could be good like there's a version of the show that's better written where he's a good actor i'll tell you this is we'll be going into this but if quark was evil quark all the time i like this show more (laughs) all right well let's just get into it then uh shall we get into the imdb summary for episode two yeah the old and the beautiful (laughs) and we teased this on the last episode that's true i've I've cut this down significantly because this this guy who's writing the summaries for these are just he's just writing out the entire episode so (laughs) very short the head gives Quark a mission to spend an extended romantic interlude with a princess. That was courtesy of H. Piley Pie. That's the summary? I, no, no. His summary was like seven paragraphs. Okay. That was the first line of his summary. Right. Because that's H. just Piley basically Pie. the inciting incident of a weird meandering story that literally makes no sense. Okay. So this isn't going to ruin anything because you just explained what the plot is. Was the actual mission that he had to go sex up a lady yes that, that's the actual mission that yes. is his mission okay. that he was given because it felt like that's exactly what it was but then maybe i didn't know if it's just because it was the 70s they were trying to fluff around that a little bit well, by they, not they like kept coming... calling it a romantic interlude yes but i but I, we were all on the joke like yeah. and the audience at the time was in on the joke right yeah yeah no we oh, all okay. knew that that's Everyone exactly knew. what well that, okay. that's how it starts it's on the station perma one we get to see that little hairy alien again that little cousin what you, is you with that rapey little dog Oh my God! That he just it, runs around and tries to come on to people in in Mission Control. The, the little Harry. Yeah. yeah. His, name, his name's Dink. His name is Dink. Oh gosh! <laughs> I just wrote Sorry. him down as a rapey dog. He's at the beginning of every episode, I mean, trying to was, like harassing Jane, the women. He looks like a a, a labber poodle, doesn't he? He he does, but he's very rapey, and all he does is is harass the women in in the Mission Control with the support of he, the other characters. He, he's a scamp. <laughs> <laughs> He he definitely any scene with him is him attempting to pick up a woman. Right. And somebody helping him. In this case, in the beginning of this episode, it was his boss, Palindrome, yeah, who Palindrome. gives him advice on how to better harass people in the workplace. I mean, if anyone knows, it's Palindrome. Yeah. <laughs> As you'll see from all the female characters in this, this is this is the time and the place to harass a lady. That yeah. is what women in the workplace are for. Yeah. Well I on, will say on the whatever the planet whatever that ship is called, I can't remember. The, the Perma One? Perma One, yeah. The space what station? is his ship's name, actually? Has no name. Doesn't even have a name. Has no, no name. Oh. It is a garbage, Gar- garbage ship. ship. <laughs> um, but yes, the, the head gathers Quark and uh, two other commanders together and hands out missions to them. And I like that one of the alien commanders uh, looks like a like Halloween costume version of the District 9 alien. 
A little bit, yeah. It's just it's got those like weird dangly face bits, like I the little bug. I think that's the same alien I was hoping is what the Gorgons were gonna look like, but it, I missed the episode what the Gorgons look like. So apparently they just look like people. They just look like people, Boring. slightly tanned people. Slightly actually. tanned people. Ooh, <laughs> scary. Yeah, um, and this is where I was just like, what is going on? Like the laugh. I'm sure you guys talked about this in the first episode, but the laugh track on this show is so weird. Like, the, it, they just turn it on at the I most know. random it's, time. It's good because it's sort of a half-hearted laugh. Like, even they knew by adding a laugh track, it's not going to make people think it's funny. So just throw it in every now and then. But it's not even always on jokes. It's just... Well, like, in, in this case, when the alien said something in his alien language, the laugh track went <laughs> off. And I'm like, is this supposed to be... Like, are we supposed to be laughing at the fact that this alien has a language? Like, wh- No, that's a problem from the last episode, too. Is they, they throw it on and drown out dialogue with the laugh track. Yeah. Which I just, is I just didn't understand if it was supposed to be funny or. I think Dink's pretty funny. There's just an editor somewhere being like, uh, "Laughs now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there haven't been, there hasn't been laughs in like a minute and a half. Let's just throw them in. But yes, uh, the the head hands out some missions, and, and Quark is expecting to get his uh, typical pickup garbage. He's uh, mm. he's like waiting for it. But what he is given is a beautiful romantic interlude with a beautiful princess. It's a it's a top secret mission though, so he won't get the details until he gets to the. Uh, Calazir Space Corridor, <laughs> and then he'll be filled in on this princess he gets to interlude it? with. Yes, the Calazor Space Corridor. God, sure. They, uh, someone's someone's having fun writing yeah. these terms, at least. <laughs> but so they're on their way to the space onto the, the way to the space corridor, and um, obviously the Bettys aren't happy about this mission. The Bettys. Okay, so as I was watching these episodes, I was starting to make notes about the Bettys, and I'll. For reasons that I will explain later, I'm pretty certain that the Bettys are psychopaths. Like oh, they're, interesting. They're actually insane. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, for now, they're just jealous that he's going to have a romantic interlude with somebody yeah. who's not them. Yeah. Um, and it's un- it was still unclear to me whether Quark was into the Bettys or not. Like whether he want he likes the attention he gets from the Bettys, but he doesn't take them seriously as romantic partners, I guess, because... I mean, so far, the only thing they've really done is be like, I'm only interested in the non-clone Betty, but I don't know which one that is. And so that has been the only stumbling block, it seems to have been between Oh, them. I see. That That is because he doesn't know which one's a clone. He can't have either of them. But if he figured out which one was which, yeah. then he would have the human one. I mean, yeah. that is the only stumbling block oh, they've set to stop that. that I, like, I like that you keep saying he would have her. <laughs> Yes, he would have he her. He would have her. That's, that's how he would think about it, I'm she, sure. She could be halved. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes uh as as they're not happy about it but on the way to the mission um they run into a baggie a space baggie which is a bag of garbage floating in space i guess it's been dumped by someone they're like well gotta do our job and pick up this garbage and we get we get to see the uh model which is uh very it's very like thomas the tank engine or something because mm-hmm. little little grabby hands come out and like it puts it in the spaceship's mouth and the mouth like it's the bag of garbage but there's a problem the garbage shoot it yeah, jams. It's, it's broken. It, it jams. jams. The the spaceship itself only seems to have room for one yes, giant bag of garbage, which I'm sure you guys already discussed. So I don't know how he goes around and picks up garbage. He must pick up one bag at a time it's, and then it's go back. Much to roomier on the inside. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like the tent from Harry Potter, yeah. where there's more inside than you know. Those bags of garbage. I mean, considering the scale of that ship, must be. Those are gigantic e- bags. Enormous. Yeah, they're like moon sized bags. Yeah, and who ties them? Like that. Think about the 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 size of the tie at the think top of the it, bag. Think about it, Jordan. I I can't. Like it would Your require many men. Really? Right? I can't believe that you've already given this much thought to it. I was like, hey, look, green garbage in space. Huh. 
<laughs> but yes, Quirk, Quirk goes down to fix the hall, which is very funny that the commander is also in charge of general maintenance. Mm-hmm. But he goes down to fix the like the jammed garbage chute. And uh, when he comes back up, he's looking 10 years older. Yeah. Which if someone hadn't any said anything, I wouldn't have noticed the first time he came up. Yeah, it's, it's a little subtle at first. I think you might subtle. just have a little bit of gray hair or something. Yeah, it was just the gray, and then it but obviously... As the episode on. goes on, he will get older and older. And I will say this for the old age makeup in this episode. They really focused on the eyebrows. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I actually don't think enough old age makeup focuses Focus on, on the eyebrows, because his eyebrows get wild the older he gets. Well, so he ages two years every hour. Yes. But they sort of hit... I don't know how old he's supposed to be at the end. Let's say 85. Right. And that's kind of it. I was really hoping he'd just keep shriveling and shriveling get and shriveling worse and, worse. and getting worse. But they sort of hit like big eyebrow time and that's that's as far as they big go. Big eyebrow, totally bald on top, but long on the sides. So what happened is he went down to get the garbage and contracted a virus from the garbage, which I actually thought was not a bad plot to start. For a little silly thing, I was like, yeah, garbage, it's dirty. He got a virus. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I don't know, you know, then they just don't know where to go with it. Well, Ficus keeps trying to come up with solutions for how to uh, cure him of the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what some of his solutions are? I know what the eventual solution is, but I don't know what the other suggestions were. Jane? In the early part? Well, he was, I remember he was trying to figure out what was wrong. And he was like, it is just obnoxiously. He was like, it is possible that you were actually in the garbage chute for 10 years. And he was like, no, I was down there for five hours. And then Pike was like, well, then clearly that is not an option. Like it was just, they developed this, like what I think they thought was some kind of clever banter between Quark and Ficus He's that just went Spock on and, and on. It was so annoying. It's just a real Spock and Kirk. Oh my God. It was the worst, some of the worst stuff I'd ever heard. It only got worse when, <laughs> when Quark supposedly getting older and older and older. So not only is he bantering with Ficus, but he's just repeating the things that Ficus says. That's true. There's a period so bad. when he gets old, he just stops having dialogue. He just repeats yeah. whatever's said to him. Uh, but here are the solutions they come up with. One, they try a, a transfusion with a transmute mm-hmm. gene the transmute which so they try that yeah well they try it gene does not consent to the medical procedure he no. does not and then they just knock him out and do think, it anyway i think, he gives I think a gene might have pitch, a ficus neck pinch oh gene did but yeah, gene didn't that's yes, right yes the the other side we of can talk gene. a little bit about gene and gene at some point later i'm so confused by by the performance or by the idea by the by the premise of it completely confused because he appear he slash she because it's this very horrible like <laughs> homophobic transphobic idea of him having two chromosomes or or two sets of chromosomes mm-hmm. but he also seems to have a split personality where the different the male part of him and the female part of him not only think and feel different things and have completely opposing opinions about pretty much everything, but also seem to have had differing life experiences as he describes it later on in the episode. And so I'm just like, I'm just totally yeah, confused as to how this even that's works. That's kind of what I settled on last episode too. So I'm like, this is more of a split personality than it is a anything else. Totally. A split personality that like I had did completely different stuff as one personality or another personality. Because at one point he goes, I remember joining the cadets and then the female version remembers dating a cadet so his, the male version of him was a cadet and the female version was dating cadet so they were having completely different life experiences <laughs> as split person as a split personality i just don't even i don't, I don't know where to start you can this find this on my fan fiction as to what exactly <laughs> um Yes, they they uh, well getting back to the transfusions. Um, they uh, they attempt a transfusion with with Gene against his will, 
Uh, that doesn't work. They try uh, electroshock therapy. He tries electrocuting yes. him. Mm, right. <laughs> and that doesn't work. And then that's, I think he pretty much runs out of ideas at that point. Like this is like all the attempts they make to cure him of this like constant aging. And eventually they just sort of give up and are like, well, you're going to die. And yeah. meanwhile, they're still on the way to meet this princess and he's still supposed to have sex with this princess. Well, that's, and I like that that's the crux of the episode is wouldn't it be terrible if you if you had this done deal, you're gonna go have sex with this lady, but you're getting too old. You're gonna be too old to have sex with this lady. That's it. That's this the plot is, of this episode. That is the plot Listen, of the episode. This is a great plot. We should write it for Black Mirror. A guy gets a Tinder date, but he's not suddenly getting old. He got to get there if he gets too old. It's yeah. a Black Mirror episode for sure. Mm, I don't know about that. That show stinks. <laughs> this this is much much worse. This is so much much, much worse. worse. <laughs> All right. Well. They're headed that direction. They finally get the uh, coordinates for where they're headed and some information on this um, romantic interlude, who the princess is. And they get they get these secret the secret orders, which are because he's so old, he can't he can't figure them out. But uh, I do like when they call in palindromes like, here's your secret code. The baby with the booty brought the body with the baggy. <laughs> hey, why not? That's and they, a- they have to translate that secret code. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's that's the only <laughs> Part that they but come. the two options for the translation he's like it either i forget what he said but it's like it either means this or it means that neither of them are up have anything to do with his mission no no nothing they, like it's like it's it either means like go home or destroy yourself but in, in no case does it mean like continue on a mission or go do this or well, it's anything a, that it's just because he sense. doesn't remember what, what what was said to him and ficus has to like figure it out for him so it's 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 a very random it's a very as he gets older he gets more useless and it just makes it harder on the show because he, yeah and he just keeps repeating they stuff. just they wrote themselves into a corner and they're like we'll just keep going i but guess then also performance wise he just gets quacky and he yeah. starts like basically quacking at people as this old well, person well you've seen how how older people are like they're exactly they, like they're that. exactly like that yeah. they repeat what you say and they quack at you <laughs> um the orders are, though, he's going to have this romantic interlude with uh, Princess Karna of the Kamora race. This is to secure a treaty they've been negotiating with them to like help fight the Gorgons. Here's what we know about her. She loves baths. She loves a bubble bath. Yes, yeah. it's true. Uh, what we come to find is Quark has actually had a previous interlude with her in his mm-hmm. younger days. So she's requested him specifically. So she'll, she calls at some point to be like, hey, can't wait for you to get here. And she sends like a video message of her in a bubble bath saying, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. I can't wait for your, how does she put it? His um, masculine strength and power, right. which is never has this actor been compared yeah. with those words. No offense to him. He contains none of those ideas. Yeah. But Jordan, you must have liked this because there's time for more ingestion. Oh, oh yeah. Ingestion I do, I do so like the gross. ingestion. It's, it, so it's, a, it's a funny idea and it does it never quite lands in this, but I do like that they all just sit down with the tubes. And they just and, have it shoved at their throat. Yeah. But is it, do they, the Bettys have to help him? The Bettys help him eat, and then, like, Gene comes along, and he uses the ingestion tube after him. Then he's grossed <laughs> out that he used the old man's ingestion tube. That's, yeah. that's the whole gag. Gene has his own subplot, which is he's terrified of catching the virus. Yeah. Although, right at the beginning, when they say that he has a virus, Gene, like, slaps him on the back. And, like, touch, before he even refuses the blood transfusion, he's like, blah, blah. And he just touches the guy. So it's like, if you're that afraid of a virus, why are you even touching this person? I see no inconsistencies <laughs> in the show. <laughs> but Gene is like, you guys know how notice how punchy he is like he's always hitting people yeah. slapping that's because he's, he's a real man threatening people when he's a real man he's like that he's like that he's cer- yeah. he certainly he's certainly such a dick added a, a a level of violence to him i mean it 
immediately after this, they get into a Gorgon attack, and uh, Quark can't command because he's so old, and Gene immediately wants to run a mutiny. Gene is always trying to take over the ship. Well, that's the next episode, too. He tries yeah. to run a mutiny. Like, it seems to be Gene's core character now is the joke is he's trying to run a mutiny. Is I that think, how you say it? Run a mutiny? I think, weirdly, they've actually tried pushing the idea of Gene's character a little bit more since the beginning of the show. And now, it, at first, it was sort of like, when he's a man, he's pretty competent. And aren't women annoying? And then it's become now, when he's a man, he's almost o- overly aggressive and violent. And the woman is still just kind of annoying. Yeah, there's no way that he does anything constructive. All he does is threaten people, hit people. No, he's he is he he really has no purpose per se. He has no. I don't understand. Like, this whole show is just boggles my mind. One, one fun thing though, what Palindrome calls them at one point, and uh, when he's talked to them, he's got a see-through piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, yes. that was pretty good. Yeah, you gotta find you gotta find with, some silver lining. With the lining. orders on it, yeah, with the orders on he it. Rips it up. Well, let's go back to this Gorgon attack really quickly because Quark. Uh, discovers very quickly he's unable to command so he kind of gives up a command and it gets passed along to the second in command which is betty which gene is very upset about yeah so the bettys are actually second in command of this ship which this was news to me because i i don't know if they i did watch the first couple episodes and i did not learn that the bettys were second in command of the ship but they're completely they're completely incompetent yeah gene is a dick to them and they suck at the command because they can't agree on anything. At one point, Gene says, make up your minds. And the robot, who is also sexist, says the only things they can make up are their faces. Zing. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, to be fair, that's a pretty good joke for this show. That's pretty good for the level of jokes. Like, usually it's just someone walks down a hallway and the laugh track the goes. Laugh You're track like, whoa, goes, whoa, what just true. happened? Yeah. At least they tried there. But yes, this is what happened. Gene wants it. He doesn't get it. Goes to second command. The Bettys can't make up their minds. Ficus, I guess, is not allowed to do anything. The robot's just freaking out. And then finally Quark takes command again and says, shoot them. And then the Bettys do some awesome... Mm-hmm. Like, So the Bettys are actually really good at targeting yeah, they, they it's ship. like I don't think they missed once. They're great. They, they fired twice. They? But they just couldn't decide whether or not to fire it, initially, which was their their flaw, their fatal flaw. It was a decision. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> their just, fatal feminine flaw. Yeah, that's what it was. The scene was just weird because, yeah, like... There's no, it's just a non-important to the show. Then the obstacle is just like someone just had to push fire. Yeah. And no one could decide to hit that button. They always seem to run out of uh, run out of time on the show, but not because they've had to jam so much stuff in, just because they've just been sort of running around wasting time. And then they're like, oh yeah, there was a plot to this, right? Oh yeah, blow up, blow up the ship. That was it. Well, that's it. And now let's go back to the plot because they arrive at the uh, Camo- mm-hmm. Camor world and uh, Quark is... Trans a very old quirk now is yeah. it transported down to the planet directly into the princess's bathtub? Yeah. Wait, can we just say this is where I started to suspect that the Bettys were psycho because as he's sitting on the transport pad in the ship, right. the Bettys are now like really happy. They're like, I feel so close to you now that you're about to die. Like they're proud and happy that he's going down. To, to die have a hero. sex and die with this woman, uh, whereas he... previously they had been jealous. And so, I'm like, what is going on with? See, these I actually people? thought the reason they were like that was because they knew he wasn't going to be able to perform, so they were happy because he was going down there, but nothing was going to happen. But they seemed happy that he was going to die. Well, that's something we've kind of skipped over here. Is the uh, Cam or women kill their lovers? They're, they're so powerful in bed, hmm. most of their lovers die. And Quark was lucky to get out alive the last time he did this. When he was much younger. So now that he's an 85-year-old man, 
they're basically sending him to his death, I think, mm. in this yeah. beam down. Yeah. But they also know that he's going to age to de- Like, he's both yeah. going to be he'll sexed either, to death by the woman and to aged to death or by the virus. Age. That's right. But the Bettys seem, like, kind of cool with it and pr- weirdly proud that they're connected to him in this way. So I was just like, oh, I was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> These bitches are weird. Um, so, yeah, anyway, yes, he gets beamed down into the bathtub. Yeah, he gets right in the bathtub. Yeah. And here's the the weird thing about, well, do we ever get the princess's name? Akarna. Prince, princess Karna. She's not nearly as phased by how old he is as I would be. Well, if I was expecting someone and I hadn't seen them in a long time and they came and they were... 50 years older than I'd expected, I'd have a bigger reaction, yeah. I think. That's she did fair. notice that he was older. Well, she noticed, but she wasn't but just like... She didn't like, care. She, she didn't... Off-put she, didn't she wasn't like... What, what was she dressed as, Jordan? Was she dressed like as... Uh, it was like a Wonder Woman-esque outfit, Yeah, right? she yeah. was a knockoff Wonder Woman outfit. Yeah. Like, it just had a star on the chest, but yeah. otherwise yeah. it was a cape. But it was red and white. There was no blue on it. It was red and white and gold, I think, with a cape. Yeah. And it was... There, there's a certain fit that um, uh, women had to wear in the 70s of these sorts of things that I don't know what it was about it, but everything, something's kind of weird happening. Well, it was with, it's with the kind of the pointy boobs yeah, and the maybe that's cinched what it is. waist. And I think that's right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the weird corset inside. You're yeah. like, something is weird here with your body. Yeah. it's it, So it looks like very triangular shaped. It was very cool. Anyway, she looked good. <laughs> and uh, and she seemed actually like a nice person. Like when she when they did her initial transmission from the bathtub, it was like she was this sex pot that was like ready to devour mm-hmm. her prey. But then she came over and she just seemed like this nice lady who was like, oh, you're so much older than I thought. Well, that's okay. We can still have sex. Like she was just kind of fine with everything. Well, she doesn't say that. She keeps saying we can keep having our interlude. Right. The interlude. It's an interlude. Yeah. Yes. Of course, guys, they can't say crass. sex. On don't that. be crass. Um, but yes, it is true. Uh, they have a conversation. He explains the situation and he begs her. He's just like, I'm sorry, I'm so old now, but will you please still sign this treaty with my government? And she's like, of course I will. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. She's like, and I've never had an interlude with someone who's over 25 years old before. So I'm kind of into this. I'm kind of into you as an old, old man. <laughs> and, uh, her, her two like helpers, like get him to the bed and we kind of cut away as she goes in for a kiss, which is very gross, <laughs> very yeah. gross watching her yeah. kiss him as an old man. Um, quick little side note, though. Those handmaids who came out. Mm-hmm. Did you check the NDB trivia? No. One of them's Christy Alley. No way. Wow, really? Wow, yeah, really? First role, Christy Alley is one of those. Oh, handmaids. that's pretty fun. I should watch for that. You got to put that on the Instagram. I went Will back do. and there's 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 a brief second where you can really like pick out her face. I'm like, oh, man, that's her. All right. What a start. <laughs> that was her start. This is where she cut her teeth. Watching an old man. <laughs> <laughs> have an interlude. Have an interlude. But. They cut back to the crew and they're they're calling down to the planet to basically retrieve Quark's body now that the uh, interlude is over. And the they're all kind time. of okay with the fact that he's dead. I mean, the whole time leading up to it, Quark didn't even seem that distressed that he was going to die. Really. They're just overall. quacking around. There's yeah. a real fatalism on the show. Like almost every episode is they're sending Quark on a mission to die or they're going to kill Quark or Quark's going to die through some mishap. And everyone is like, even Quark himself is just like, of course, I'm going to die. <laughs> Look at me. But... He does not die. When he's when he's beamed back up, um, he is completely rejuvenated, much to everyone's surprise. He's a young Quark again, or however young Richard Benjamin is in the yeah. show. Everyone's about what, like thirty eight, probably ish. Yeah. Well, the not the, the Bettys. The Bettys are younger, and Gene's probably like thirty. That guy. He could be like twenty seven. It's hard to say. It's yeah. hard to say. It's a different time. Seventies men are hard mm-hmm. to nail down. Yeah, <laughs> they look much older. He's like than he's twenty two. 
Ficus is able to piece together that this uh, his increased heart rate and breathing during the interlude had put the virus temporarily into remission. Yeah. And um, there's only two ways that now to uh, get rid of the virus. He could either be cured with a seven-day romantic interlude, which the Bettys are very into, or uh, while he was gone and assumed dead, uh, Ficus finally figured out a cure for the virus, and he just like pits it in his hand. He's like, but you're cured now, so don't worry about it. And the Bettys are so disappointed that he's cured of the virus because they wanted to have the romantic interlude with him. And now you can't. There's just no reason. Yeah, Yeah. there's no reason because if it's not saving, you know, a medical tragedy, no point. Um, And it ends on... What is the craziest thing? And they didn't do it in the next episode, but I thought might become like a regular thing in the show. Is there is like about two and a half minutes of voiceover where his star note is, he basically recaps the entire episode in voiceover and the actor just stares at the camera mugging. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just like raising his eyebrows, but he's not talking. Didn't it feel like even with almost no plot that they just ran out of time and they're like, oh, I don't know, just stick in a log at the end i think they hadn't written the log when they shot the episode so they just had him like mug to the camera yeah. or something and then they had him record it later it did feel like there was no, it did feel like he was reacting to nothing he was just like he's like they're like just do stuff with your face for about a minute and a half <laughs> and he was like, okay uh, eyes up eyes closed yeah. <laughs> smile frown. but it wasn't there wasn't even any joke in it except that it was like at the end he was like but this isn't the worst experience i've ever had or something like, that was the joke that was the jo- yeah there was no yeah. there was no joke it was the recap of the episode yeah Oh man, what a weird show this is. Mm-hmm. Such a weird show. I do have to say though that I love the music for this show. No, the theme song's great. The theme song is fantastic. And actually, so I had watched the first I watched the first two episodes and then these episodes that for this podcast the other day. And then today I was like, I should rewatch the episodes again just to make sure that I remember them for today. And when I started rewatching it, I forgot how much I hated the show. <laughs> when the music came on. I was like, oh, no, this is all right. All right. Maybe, maybe I was in a bad mood last time. Like, maybe I was prejudging. No, it's absolutely terrible. But the music yeah. is aces, I'd yeah. say. The music's great. I don't yeah. think anyone would disagree. Well, let's get into episode three and listen to that music again and forget yeah. forget all about how bad the show is. Here's the IMDb summary for episode three. The good, the bad, and the ficus. Ficus. What's going on? It's obvious, Commander. Yeah, well, it ain't to me. That black hole we passed through was an anti-universe. What you're seeing is your opposite, your anti-self. Anti-self? I thought it was tough being a transmute. Commander, from what I've observed, I'd say you're face-to-face with evil Adam Quark. Listen to the plant, Quark. I'm going to destroy you. (laughs) Quark and his crew leave Perma-1 on their usual mission to collect garbage. But this is no ordinary mission. That was courtesy of H. Piley Pie. It's only going to be this person who uh, writes all the little reviews. Like I said, this is just the first sentence of about eight paragraphs. Right. Oh, God. Um, so once again, we kind of are sort of seeing what the, I think the uh, mechanisms and the mechanics of the show are. Back on Perma 1, the head's handing out missions to like mm-hmm. two other commanders this time. First, the rapey dog is trying to do something. Oh, yeah. Dink. Dink. Dink, dink, dink. dink. <laughs> Uh, cousin It's uh, Rapey Brother. Yeah. And this time Quark gives him advice and says, don't worry, find some other girl to harass or something. Just, yeah. Don't worry about it too much. Um, did you catch one of the commander's names, by the way? Oh, no. I No, I didn't. What was it? Commander Black. Oh, Commander Black. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. No one listened. Um, but it doesn't matter because what Quark is given this time is a mission to collect garbage. Yeah. Which, do you think, if that's going to be the mechanics where every... Every episode is going to start with he gets a mission to collect garbage. 
Did they jump the gun by having the first episode yes. where they did those mechanics yes. be the one where he didn't get a garbage? Yes, I think yeah. that this was supposed to be later in the season, right? Th- 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 this episode was supposed to be earlier right. than and last week's episode. Or Beautiful the and the old should be like because I was just like, oh well, if this is the mechanics, you guys did the joke mm-hmm. too soon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the mission kind of starts off with a, a subplot of uh, isn't Ficus strange? That seems to be like the general theme subplot of this show because we have the the two Betty show off their new outfit to him. Yes, well, I mean that's one of the things. But the Bettys come out; they have a new outfit. Jane, you want to describe that outfit for us? Yeah, so they're wearing gold bikini tops and little short shorts. With the bikini tops are like tied in the middle, yeah. and they are completely like. Like bare midriffs. Seems like what you'd wear in space. Is it like yeah. a? It's like a futuristic. Like what's her name from uh, the one where the car jumps over the Confederate car? Confederate Dukes flight, of right? Hazard. What's her name in that show? Daisy that's what, Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what she's wearing. Yeah, isn't she? ex- well, sort it's of. Daisy Duke. It's, but but they're basically shiny gold. Yeah, they're fabric. just future from the future. Yeah, future stuff. So they're like, hey, do you like but our new outfits? Ficus doesn't like it, so he is crazy. That's right. I did like Ficus's argument because this is just a general internet joke now. But they're like. Like, after they leave and they're sad because he didn't like the outfit, Quark's like, why didn't you like it? He's just like, it's totally impractical and there's offers no protection, which is just a joke about, like, every outfit of all these things right. of all time, which is, weirdly, if it, if it weren't for how everyone thinks he's wrong about it, is a joke ahead of its time. Like, that's yeah. a joke that people are making in, like, 2009 about fantasy shows and, like, Star Trek, right. these kind right. of shows. But this show doesn't realize it's, like, got a funny premise they're like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah, you're wrong, man, who doesn't think these ladies are sexy. I do like, though, that uh, he kind of he's basically telling Ficus, he's like, you got to lie to people. And Ficus is like, why? Those are those would elicit false feelings. Yeah. Protected feelings are false, false feelings. feelings. Quark's like, humans love false feelings. Give us those false feelings. He's right. I do love false feelings. Wouldn't the, the, the show title be better if it was called False Feelings? <laughs> false Feelings? That's, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good show title. Yeah. I do like it. Um, the uh, the other thing we see about Cor- or Ficus's episode that's a little odd is uh, a runner throughout the show is he he has a weird metal he calls it a gauge but he has like this metal like muff over top of one of his it, it ears. just looks like a pair of headphones where only he only has one of the one of the headphones one yeah, of the headphones on yeah. well, that took a long way to get there <laughs> on the side of his head but it's yeah. like a running it's supposed to be a joke it's not funny it, it it's re- a running thing where people start to ask him what it is and, and he, he starts to explain yeah. but then he gets interrupted so yeah through the entire episode people will potentially be like almost get an answer and then move on um but it, what was the final answer to why he's wearing this gauge on the side of his head? He's wearing it because at that time of year, he gets dried out. And if he didn't wear it, his body would get brown and crumbly or something weird. Yes. His torso and legs become brown and dry. Brown and dry. And the Bettys yeah. are like, your torso and legs would become brown and dry? Like they both repeat, <laughs> repeat what he says in the same voice. I'm just like, this is at the end. It is weird because... Why seed that joke and not have a punchline? No. Like, and they just keep going back to it. It's almost like, don't worry, viewer. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be yeah. worth it. It's, gonna, it's like, oh, he just needs it because he dries out. Because he dries are, out are, like are a plant. Are you going to see that? Because he's nope. a plant. Nope. He's a ficus. Not at all. He's a ficus. He's a plant yeah. person. It's a, such a weird, it was a weird runner that I, you're right. You keep waiting to finally hear what it's going to mm-hmm. be. And in the end, I was just like, oh, well, that wasn't, it's not even part of the plot. Like, it's not even like something that affects how they save yeah. the day. <laughs> just time wasting. But let's get to the actual plot of the episode where they, well, flying off to get garbage, get sucked into a black hole, mm-hmm. which is a fun-ish visual effect. The black hole. Yeah, it doesn't look great, but it's like a. It's just a it's very. Like, it's, it's like a, a kaleidoscope effect. of colors. Yeah, and... it's a campy effect. But yeah. they also do literally nothing. 
Like, Ficus starts to say what's happened and then was like, oh, should I have lied? This is an example where I should have lied. And Quark's like, yes. You shouldn't have told us we were going to You shouldn't have told us we were going to fly. And it's like, how is that a practical thing for any crew member to do? And then they just start going through the black hole and talking about how they're going to die. And nobody tries to do anything. Someone at some point says, maybe we should turn on a sensor and scan the place. But no one does. Nobody does anything. They just are like, oh, we're, oh, it's like, again, it's like, like fatalistic. Oh, no, I guess, I guess we're going to die. Well, this we're is, like in the black hole. We're going to die. Like in that first episode where a mud, OB Mud was still on and they're fly into the, like, they're like, he said, I picked up these things in my sensor. We're in some sort of like weird cloud of that might be dissolving. And they're like, all right, well, let's go to have a nap then. Like at whatever yeah. danger rears its head, they kind of just lay back and wait to die. That is an odd thing, isn't it? That none of the characters ever drive the action ever. It just they no, it just, just they just sit back passively and let things happen. And what happens is not much. I mean, Gene tries to run another mutant here. He does. That's true. He tries to take over. It doesn't. It doesn't go though. But it doesn't go. And then uh, as as they're going through, they they realize like, oh, we're we're just we're just passing through the wormhole. This yeah. this wormhole. This black hole. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, hurray! We're gonna live. Yay! And cause... then we see their ship split in two. Yeah. <gasps> and let me say, you you know exactly what's gonna happen here. And I think it's not a bad idea, especially for like a jokey kind of show. And they just didn't do anything with it. It's like the rest of the episode is just, here's what happens. They double. Oh, half of them are evil. Half of them are not evil. Yeah, it's, but it just happens that they kind of like talk to each other a little bit. And that's an it. That's like the whole episode. episode. Yeah, absolutely. What we see though is evil Quark goes and he blows up uh, the battleship Maya, which basically sets off a whole chain of events back at Perma 1 where... Uh, Admiral Flint shows up and he's he's raving mad that uh, Quark, because they don't know there's two Quarks, has blown up one of his finest ships. Well, and Quark also doesn't know there's a double. No one knows there's a double. He's basically a parody of like a warmongering general, mm-hmm. basically. And he just, he basically holds a kangaroo court for Quark to basically find him guilty of betraying the uh, United Galaxy. Based on something that he found that Quark had written in like the fourth grade yes. about yeah. Gorgons and how Gorgons were silly or the war was silly or something i don't yeah. remember what it was it, it, the essay the essay he found was he's like a quirk in second grade wrote my daddy is big and strong he always talks about the gorgons i think they sound funny and they uh, this is enough to to try him as a gorgon sympathizer and uh, convict him and uh while they're doing that evil quirk blows up another battleship so uh they send out a armada f- to uh, track him down and kind of kill quirk and, when we hop and he kills the, the other battleship is exactly the same effect shot. It's, yeah, like it's, yeah. it's exactly the same sh- looking ship. It's exactly the same angle. And it's exactly the same. Like it fires on the ship and it explodes. I assume the there way. are. I assumed at the trial they were watching a playback of the first ship he destroyed until someone's like, he destroyed another ship. I'm like, oh, is that supposed <laughs> okay. to be something new? Okay. <laughs> because Quirk gets a call from Palindrome uh, telling him like, hey, you're wanted for this attack. But it couldn't have been Quirk and his crew because they've been taking naps in their cryogen pods. Cry- cryogenopods. Pardon me. <laughs> and Quirk immediately suspects that something was up with that black hole they went through. Uh, and while they're trying to piece together what it might be, they, they just bump into the doppelgangers. Like yeah. they just kind of like. They just happen to be <laughs> in the same area. of sp- like Space is very small. In this universe. I guess when you come in that black... They weren't that... I guess, I guess maybe they've always... They just went to sleep and they've always been just floating next to each other. I like though later on at one... Because we'll get into it, but at one point, very soon, they're like... You know, they want to play the idea that they're exactly the same. They're like, they're doing the exact same maneuvers we are, but the two ships are just like barely moving. <laughs> and they're just going across the screen like, oh, look at those. It's look at the maneuvers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we do get a quick look at these people and like they're, they're anti-selves from the anti-universe mm-hmm. and... Uh, 
What's what's the, what's the core difference? What would you say the core difference between the characters are? Anger issues. <laughs> Serious anger issues. Like evil Quark is just mad. He just like has like permanent kind of rage. But it, but it it manifests itself in a weird way. It's a lot of. Uh, yelling and grabbing each other by the collars. Yeah, that's really oh, that's really the difference. He's very angry at his own crew and yeah. at Good Quark, whom he already knows. A, so he knows that Good Quark exists. He yeah. knows that he's the evil version. He's mad at the good version, and because... as we learn later, because of stuff that happened in their childhood. Mm-hmm. But also, he lives in the black hole. Also. I don't think the two actresses who played the Bettys understand what being evil is like. They were being cowboys. Yeah, it was very <laughs> it odd. Was, was like, it was an odd choice. Cowboys? I kept wondering, like, so the evil characters sit back and cross their legs? Yeah. That's And evil? have a drawl? Yeah, like, it was very yeah. weird. And of course, ficus is the same. Because plants can't be good nor bad. Yeah. They're, they're just plants. I kind of wish they all had mustaches. And uh, yeah. what about Gene Gene? Gene Gene is a slight... Uh, He's exactly the same. Gene, yeah, no, he is. He I was, think they try to make him a little bit more aggressive, but you're right. We just saw him like man, five seconds ago. Yeah, super aggressive. Uh, exactly. It's very funny because I'm like, oh, the joke is Ficus is the same. And I was like, but Gene, Gene is, also is also the, the same. same. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's a fun idea. They don't seem that interested in developing it too much. So yeah. it's just a lot of like, I'm evil. And then they, then Quark's like, why are you evil? And it's like, I'm evil. And they're like, oh, okay. They're just, and, they're just all evil. And I think they, he, uh, at some point, Andy the android finally talks to his evil self halfway through the episode. And uh, his evil self is just like, you're a worthless bag of bolts, a piece of garbage. And Andy, regular Andy's just like, you're right, I am. Yeah, Andy just agrees Thank with you. him. Thank you. You're right, I am yeah. garbage. I'm a sniveling weasel. Yeah, he has some confidence issues. <laughs> I, I like him the most because he has the strongest character as a coward. That's, right. that's the only thing Andy has going for him. But uh, yes, there's a, there's a bit of attack that doesn't work because they both mirror each other's movements perfectly. So Quark asks Evil Quark to meet him on a, an asteroid, the Felix asteroid that happens to be passing by. And they're going to like settle this face to face, which uh, Evil Quark's like, all right, we'll just have a face to face fight. Sounds good. And they and they beam down to this asteroid. Yeah. And Betty's once again proved that they are psychos because they say to Quark, we're so proud and excited to be able to say that we knew you. Like they are, they are, they're anticipating that he's going to die and they're happy about it because they can brag about having known this guy who will be dead. Everyone wants Quark to die. Yeah. <laughs> Even Quark, he's excited for it. They, uh, they beam down and it's a real classic uh, Star Trek away mission. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like Just a field in California somewhere. Running up the side of a hill. And uh, they get a little tussle down there. Quark eventually gets his hands on uh, the gamma gun that evil Quark has and kind of forces evil Quark back to his ship at gunpoint. They beam up there. Quark gives him his big speech about how he's like honorable and he's a hero and they're like the good guys and he's and he like breaks their weapon system and their navigation system as yeah, he he's like it. he's like monologuing as he's like pulling mm-hmm. like electrical things out of the wall and it's sparking and blowing up but what i find interesting is like there's no jokes in that monologue it's played very straight super earnest it's played very earnestly and then he just beams back to his ship and uh they're like all right let's tractor beam this evil ship and throw it back into the room, the the black hole where it came from. Where it lives. So the whole time when they were fighting on the planet, like evil Quark is saying all of the things that he hates about good Quark. And it all has to do with like some stuff that happened in elementary school mm-hmm. and all of these resentments. But 
but Evil Quark is from the black hole and says that he misses the black hole. So how could he simultaneously have lived his entire life in the black hole, but also shared existence with good Quark? And at what point did they split off? Like, it literally makes no sense at all. Yeah, you can read about it all in my fan fiction (laughs) of uh, how this all comes together. Yeah, it's very complicated, but it all makes sense. I think the answer is just physics. Just just (laughs) physics. Um, What I did like is... um, which seems to be the running theme of all these shows now. Is they, they throw him into the black hole. And as he's getting sucked in, they get a call from Evil Quark saying, you haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> Which is just like the Gorgon leader was like, when they blow up a ship, you haven't seen the last of me. And when they even get back to the space station to clear their names now, Admiral Flint walks out <laughs> and he's just like, you've made a powerful enemy, Quark. You haven't seen the last of me. I'm like, does he make... A new enemy who's going to come back every episode? Every time. Well, it's the writers are like, guys, we spent so much time introducing and developing this character. We can't just waste them in one episode. They've got to come back. But yes, uh, it's all cleared up. The situation's sort of worked out. Uh, Quark is cleared of causing three billion round ones of damage. That's their currency. Oh, is that it? Round ones. Round ones. Yeah. I like that. That's better. That So what we got is good theme song. Yeah. Round ones. Yeah. What were what were the uh, currency in Space Rangers called? It's like space bucks. Uh, or uh, no, uh, solars. Solars. I like. Round but they also better. called solars something else too. They used it for everything. No, and it was, something else was good. Um, that uh, uh, rape creature is called Dink. Dink. <laughs> he shows things. up at the end. It comes onto the Bettys. Yeah. I wrote that down. Rapey dog comes onto the Bettys. <laughs> dink, 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 dink. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, that that wraps up uh, that another episode. episode. It just. It's just one thing after another, and then it's over. It's yeah. over, and Ficus explains the moisture gauge thing at the very end about the brown and brittle thing. The Bettys are into it. Then Quark walks off stage arm in arm with the Bettys. He's so proud yeah. of his crew. He yeah. loves them. While yeah. ha- Ficus is essentially harassing Gene by using big words. Yeah. Because like, Gene's dumb. Because Gene's person. so dumb. When he's a lady, that's probably very smart. That when mm-hmm. Ficus tries to explain anything, he doesn't get it. Makes him and very he gets angry. angry. It gets super angry. So did his double, though. The exact same problem. What I was hoping might happen is that the evil crew and the good crew would realize that they all had something in common in hating Ficus. Because no they time. each hated their own Ficus. And that the Ficuses were the yeah. same. But there was no time. There's, there's so many more important things to get yeah. to. They have to cram in so many jokes. There's just no time for all that So plot. many jokes. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Do you guys have any like final final notes? Any final stuff that we didn't get to here? We didn't mention one thing. Um, when Andy's talking to evil Andy and they're talking, they're arguing. As a response, Andy farts. <laughs> well, I missed that. Yeah, at the very end of his conversation, he's like beep beep beep, <laughs> and I and I wrote that down. I was like, yes, way to go, Andy. That's pretty good. <laughs> I did not notice that. That's very yeah. funny. I have a little piece I saw in the interview trivia for this episode, which is going to uh, change everything. Oh, really? It's going to change everything, you guys. <gasps> okay. The female voice for Gene is played by the Quark actor's wife. Oh, really? He's not doing that voice. I knew he wasn't doing the voice. I thought he was doing I the voice. I thought he was doing the I, voice, You too. know what? Actually, to be fair, I knew that he wasn't doing the voice live. I could tell that it was a re-recorded voice, but right. I didn't know if it was that actor was doing a, a female I, voice like in a sound booth after or mm. if it was another actress this whole time i thought he was doing both voices i did too and so when i found out it was actually a woman like it's very funny it's quirk the quirk actor's wife doing it but that it was a different person coming in to record those lines i was like i would love to hear what the original lines <laughs> were <laughs> what his original readings were that they recorded over so bizarre it's so weird it's the weirdest concept for a show 
that I ever like someone was like oh let's do a Star Trek parody but like to make the de- the series of decisions that would have had to have been made to create this group of characters and these very strange plot lines that go nowhere it it's is very confusing it is to me. very strange like they really clearly don't care much about the plot or the characters so just like it, it just leaves a question of like what are what is the goal what is your so i had this theory that they just like had a library of sound effects that they wanted to use because (laughs) i was trying to figure out i'm like what so because obviously like star trek was in the late 60s and then ended and it was produced by i mean it was aired on nbc but it was produced by a separate production company but right around this time was like the animated series, right? Okay. Star Trek had the animated series, and I was like, they bet they had to build a sound effects bank for Star Trek the animated series. So they would have taken all of these sound effects from the original show and created like a bank of, and an analog bank of like many reels of sound effects. And then they were like, how can we reuse this and make money? <laughs> and so they were like, let's make a fake Star Trek show where we can just use all of these sound effects. I mean, that would be an amazing impetus for this show. <laughs> But like, well, I, don't, I mean, what I, else, I really reason, don't know what else what it could be. Did you guys notice that in the, and you may have talked about this in the first episode, in the con- main control room of Perma 1, all of the windows have blue screen behind them, but they're never filled in with space? No, I hadn't. Yeah. So all of the shots of the, there's like windows up high that go all the way around the control center. Right, right. And they all have blue screen and they never replace. So like somebody at one point was probably like, oh, we'll do blue screen and then we'll replace it with space. They never re- replace it with space. It just, just they got to post they're like, oh, never mind. They, just, they were just like, this show is a waste of they everything. No, they just knew everyone was going to be so focused on Dink. They would never look up <laughs> at the windows. They would never look and see. So terrified of Dink. Is he yeah. around? Is he coming yeah. for me? <laughs> Oh my god. All right, you guys. Do you want to rate these shows? Yeah. All right. Let's start with uh, the first episode, The Beautiful and the Old. So, I mean, initially, like, my initial instinct is to rate it, like, a zero. Because it was just so poorly thought out. And anything that was thought out was, like, offensive and sexist and horrible. I mean, that was the conversation we had last week. Very, very passingly. But we were like... But how do we uh, like? Do we just turn a blind eye to how problematic this is? Yeah, because it's and we it is one of those things where you have to kind of like do do, we, do you focus on that or do you just sort of as terrible as this kind of give it a pass of a time period? Well, the thing is, is I would probably give it a pass if there was anything else, but it, it's like they literally didn't think of any plots except for random sexist, misogynist things that they could put in an episode. But you watched the episode where he was supposed to have sex with the princess, but he got old, right? Like, that's a pretty good plot. <laughs> that's an amazing plot that somebody thought of over yeah. drinks and wrote on the back <laughs> yeah. of a napkin. Yeah, um, on the way to the studio. So to be fair and to be kind of aware of the time period. Be fair to Quark. Be fair to Quark. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Uh, Jordan? Okay, I'm going to give it a much higher score. Not because I think it's good, but in comparison to... I, I think because this show is so bad and what it is, I'm going to give it based on it it's itself and based on the original two episodes i'm going to give this a 6 out of 10 what yeah How? i think it's slightly better than than the first episode i mean it's bad it's so bad but it's so yeah. much worse than everything else that you guys have ever watched on this podcast is it everything like it's literally well, here's what it's the not. worst written thing i've well, here's, almost here's, ever here's seen a couple in my points. life it's only a half an hour <laughs> um, that is it's, true it's light and breezy um 
I will. You know yeah. what? That and, is. A, and, when, and when I'm st- stuck for time, as I've been the last couple of weeks, I'm like, 25 minutes. Let's do it. That is. You're a, getting a couple points right there. That is oh, a problem. Man. I think that our our scores are starting yeah. to get skewed by just like the other stuff we have to watch. And it is. And, and you're right. So it's like 25 minutes. What a treat. <laughs> yeah. Even, even though it's just the worst thing. Like, like it's like. So we watch Dune was like each episode was like two hours long. So essentially, Jordan, you're saying that this is gets a on the good side of Rotten Tomatoes. Like if this was on the Rotten Tomatoes, you would give it No, I like I know this is bad. I I, I know it's but bad. But you gave it a sixty five percent. No no sixty sixty. Six out of ten. Sixty percent? Yeah. That's still Luke? <laughs> All right. All right. Let's just move fresh. on. Let's just move on. Um I I I think I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it it's a tough one. I'm definitely <laughs> not gonna go as high as Jordan, but I don't think I'm gonna go quite as low as Jane. And I think I mean, crucify me all you want. Him that old age makeup, just repeating lines for some reason was the dumbest. Like, like it was weird and like made no sense and made for a bad show. But I'm just like, but I was just like, what is going on here? Why does he keep? Why is he in this bald wig? Why does he just repeat lines back to everyone? I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a three point five. You're gonna give it a three point five for old man repeating for the lines. old man. All I right. liked watching That's him be fair. an old man. I don't know why. It uh, tickled me, and uh, Christy Helen made a guest appearance. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah th- if I had known right. that, maybe I would have rated it higher. All right, let's move on to uh, the good, the bad, and the ficus. So this one I did find was slightly better than the weird <laughs> sex treaty one, but once again was very badly written and meandered into nothing. So I would probably give that like maybe a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. All right. Jordan, you want me to go or do you want to go? I'll go. I don't want to finish watching this. 6.5. 6.5. What do you mean? I want I don't I don't want to take the escape pod. <laughs> they said you don't want to finish watching this. No, yeah, what did I say? Wait, do you want to finish watching it or you don't want to finish it? I don't watching? want to. I want to keep going forever. Oh, you don't cork, want to cork, finish. cork, you want, cork. You don't want to stop. I get it. I get it. I get it. So you're you're trying to counteract <laughs> my were, rating. Yeah. <laughs> to keep how, how many, more episodes? Negative, how many yeah. more episodes Sorry. are there there's not this. that many there's like four more episodes i think okay um well good luck to you <laughs> i uh this was for me there's nothing for me here this I, it was like such a missed opportunity with this i, I kept I'm like, I'm like doubles you can't fuck up doubles evil doubles yeah and i was just like ah, nothing, nothing's happening no, we're spending more time with this uh admiral flint we spent so much time with him i i'm i'm gonna give this one a two Oh, um, I'm trying, Quark. I'm trying. Quark, hold on. Hold on, Quark. So that means let's fire up the old Continuum Drag computer and just see how we're coming out no. here. Because it's going to be tight. You're not forced to pull the escape pod, are you? Yeah. Don't you oh, just no. have the option to pull no, no, it? If we, no, we have them? to. Once that once it's pulled, we're out. We're oh, ejecting. I once... should have given zeros then. Forced what? you. Force you out of this horrible, horrible. But people want to hear more. They want to hear more, more, more. Uh oh, Jordan, do you hear that? Oh, no. It's the alarms. We're uh, taking the escape pod. Oh no! It's, it's clocking in at four point five eight. Oh. Don't worry, Jordan. We'll get one more. We'll yeah, come back for we'll, the final. We'll watch the final episode of Quark and close out this series. I did I'm, what I I'm could, sorry, Adam Jordan. Quark. That's all right, Adam. um all right well wasn't that a good time everybody (laughs) yeah not really (laughs) um jane 
thanks for joining us once again. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, you, um, you you asked for something now from the 90s, and boy, did I give it to you. I did? Did I ask for something now from the 90s? Is I, that a thing? The last time you were on, you are like, why don't you give me one of these old shows that's real? I want to watch one of these old shows. I don't think I said that. And I think you actually told me. Let's go back me, to the tapes. No, you told I think, me that I was going to be watching a British show. I thought it was British. <laughs> When, before I started, I thought it was British. We talked about that. When I started playing it, I was like, oh, this is that British show Luke was talking about. And then everyone was American. And then I actually thought that it was like, because it was British, they were doing a really bad job of doing an American, <laughs> like they were a British company right. trying to do an American show. And that's why it was so bad. For whatever reason, I had convinced myself this was going to be a British show. I don't know if it's just because I think quirk is a funny British word. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I was as surprised when I sat down and watched the first episode. I was like, wait. They're not British. They're not British. But anyway, um, we'll we'll go back to your last appearance and let the let the uh, dragsters write in and tell I us. I guess so. I, mu- did, I must. Did be Jane ask for this? <laughs> did Jane ask for a rapey little thing? <laughs> I think she might have. What a terrible, terrible sentence. <laughs> Jordan, um, if anyone wants to know more about this show, they should write into you because you're a, you're yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Uh, you, well, they, I'm not a big fan. They, should get, they can get us here <laughs> at Continuum Drag. Oh, I always do this wrong. It's uh, Continuum Drag at gmail.com. Yep. And of course, we'll definitely have some clips from this. Uh, evil Twins. Yeah. Uh, getting Old. The Black Hole. Uh, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Oh, yeah. I got to try to find the her. The Betty's New Outfits. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. so much. And dink, 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 dink. <laughs> Oh, good lord! Um, yes, those will all be on Instagram and Twitter at Continuum Drag is mm-hmm. our handle. Um, Jordan, it's been great doing with you again this week. Uh, I'll be interested to see how this all wraps up, how this whole series ties yeah. all these all these plot threads <laughs> yeah, together exactly. in the final episode. Uh, but until then, uh, see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delic and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.